0: In this message, I want to share with you a very concise summary of the Christian life that we are called to live as followers of Jesus. But before we get there, I I want to address a stumbling block that can trip us all up if we are not careful in this Christian life. The context for today's message is Paul heading back to Jerusalem in the book of Acts. It will, in fact, be the last time that Paul is in Jerusalem, and it will be, in fact, Paul's last days of freedom. Here in Jerusalem, we will see the Jewish community turn on him. He is taken into captivity by the Roman soldiers, then then put back before the Jewish leaders, then again taken possession of by the Roman soldiers, and finally he is shipped off to Rome, where he would testify before kings, as the Bible prophesied, but also... Where he would ultimately meet his demise. His demise. It was a stumbling block in Jerusalem that led to this ultimate demise. When Paul shows up in Jerusalem for this last time, he goes first to visit with the leaders of the Christian movement. They were Jews who simply had become followers of Jesus, but they still saw themselves as Jews. And the Bible tells us in verse 19, after greeting them, that's Paul greeting the leaders of the church, he related one by one the things that God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified God, and they said to him, you see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed. They are all zealous for the law. And what they've heard about you, They've been told about you, that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or walk according to our customs. Here's what they're saying, basically. They tell Paul, man, we're excited about what you're doing through the Gentiles, but we've also converted a lot of Jews and to faith in Jesus. And they come from a more, maybe, fundamentalist background, They are from the more fundamental side of the spectrum of Judaism. They are not comfortable with how open, Paul, you've been with the Gentiles. So they don't really trust you. And the rumors they've heard about you don't help. And then in verse 22, they ask Paul a rhetorical question that sets up the stumbling block for Paul. Verse 22, in chapter 21 it reads what then is to be done they will certainly hear the they have an answer already and here is their answer do therefore what we tell you take our directions we have four men who are under a vow this is verse 23 take these men and purify yourself along with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads. In other words, we have four men that are really following the Jewish customs, even though they're also followers of Jesus. They're really following the Jewish customs. Go along with them, Paul, support them. Thus all will know that there is nothing in what they have been told about you, but that you yourself also live in observance of the law. What are they saying here? They're saying to Paul, Paul, you need to go along to get along. Implied in what they're asking is, please don't tell your stories about the Gentiles. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. Just go along to get along. Keep the peace, Paul. Don't talk about the things that will upset people. And Paul takes a misstep. He heeds their advice. I want to share with you an insight from one of my favorite authors, Ellen White, and she provides comments on this moment from the book Acts of the Apostles. She writes, The Spirit of God, listen to this, the Spirit of God did not prompt this instruction. It was the fruit of cowardice. The church telling Paul just keep your mouth silent go along to get along try to fit in was the fruit of cowardice the leaders of the church in Jerusalem knew that by nonconformity to the ceremonial law Christians would bring upon themselves the hatred of the Jews and expose themselves to persecution and they said you know what we just don't want to deal with persecution we don't want people to dislike us so they asked Paul to try to fit in and keep quiet about the Gentiles And here was Paul's misstep. He agreed. He took their counsel. Again, from the same commentary on the Acts of the Apostles, Ellen White wrote, When we think of Paul's great desire to be in harmony with his brethren, his tenderness towards the weak in the faith, his reverence for the apostles who had been with Christ, and for James, the brother of the Lord, and his purpose to become all things so, to all men so far as he could without sacrificing principle, when we think of all this, it is less surprising that he was constrained to deviate from the firm, decided course that he had hitherto followed. But instead of accomplishing the desired object, his efforts for conciliation only precipitated the crisis. Hastening his predicted sufferings and resulted, listen to this, resulted in separating him from his brethren, depriving the church of one of the strongest pillars and bringing the heart, sorrow to Christian hearts in every land. Paul's decision to follow the cowardice of the leaders, to go along to get along, resulted in depriving the church Of one of its strongest leaders maybe for many more years we're going to talk in just a moment about the great example that paul set for us in living the christian life but but it's good for us to remember that that only jesus was perfect paul the great apostle even he was susceptible to a stumble his hiccup here was trying to appease the folk trying to fit into the culture the people that he was mingling with trying to avoid conflict keeping his mouth shut so as not to stir up any controversy Paul agreed to go along to get along going along to get along is a dangerous stumbling block for us because it is not ultimately faithful to the Word of God we should not seek conflict of course by any means but nor should we hesitate to fully represent God and His truth. I know preachers. I know Christians. I know my own heart. And speaking with many colleagues and many fellow believers recently, so many are nervous. They're nervous depending on their setting to, to discuss particular topics. They're worried about about addressing issues in our world that the bible actually addresses they're hesitant to share clear words from this book things like the ongoing sin of racism they're nervous to talk about that they're they're nervous to talk about what the bible teaches contrary to the culture about sexuality and gender they're nervous to talk about the value of human life in the womb of a mother they're they're uncomfortable Talking about the need to take care of foreigners in our midst, both legal and illegal. They don't want to mention caring for God's planets. They don't want to be labeled a tree hugger or environmentalist. They're concerned about how dependent so many Christians are on weapons and politics and courts in the last days even though the Bible teaches us not to try to protect ourselves rather we are to endure persecution and live as peaceful witnesses in the world to the world around us but they're scared to address this because there's the desire somewhat to go along to get along we don't want to be called political We don't want to be called unaccepting we don't want to be called unloving or maybe even at times bigots so we go along to get away get along and oh by the way our young people recognize this silence on tough subjects a friend of mine who who works with youth in ministry i was talking to him on the phone not too long ago and, and and he told me that he was talking with one of uh the youth that he ministers to. And and the question was asked, why doesn't the church ever talk about divorce? The Bible says a lot about divorce. I would say to that young person, we could add that to our list. We don't want to talk about divorce because it's uncomfortable. Another reason why we go along to get along. We don't want to be labeled political. We don't want to be labeled unloving. We don't want to be uncomfortable but going along to get along did not work for Paul it was a stumbling block to living out his calling and it is a stumbling block to us living out the Christian life back to Paul's acquiescence to his fellow believers that moment goes sideways even though Paul is silent some people still recognize him and they stir up a riot against him And Paul ends up being beaten by his fellow Jews to such a degree that the Romans step in. Chapter 21 and verse 30. Then all the city was stirred up and the people ran together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple. And at once the gates were shut. And as they were seeking to kill him, word came to the tribune of the cohort that all Jerusalem was in confusion. He at once took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw... The tribune and the soldiers they stopped beating paul and then the soldiers actually say man this guy must have done something horrible to have all these people against him and they arrest paul his desire to be silent in order to go along to get along backfired but but then paul comes to his senses and he realizes his need to speak he's had a momentary hiccup a momentary stumble but but now paul is ready to get back on track it's so wonderful that God is so gracious to us that that we can have these hiccups but 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 if we when we come to our senses if we step up for Christ he is always there to be with us and so Paul begins to testify blending in and silence didn't work so he asked the Tribune if he can speak if he can address the crowd and the Tribune agrees chapter 22 and verse 1 of Acts brothers and fathers here's the defense that i now make before you and when they heard that he was addressing them in the hebrew language some of your bibles may say aramaic they became even more quiet and he said and then what does he tell them he begins to share with them his testimony the testimony of how god changed his life but also the testimony of why he was ministering to the gentiles why the gentiles We're being called to salvation in Jesus Christ as well. And in the midst of this testimony, Paul shares the words of his mentor in the faith, Ananias. And for the rest of this sermon, I want us to focus on the words that Ananias spoke to Paul, spoke over Paul as a prophetic word and understand that those words that he spoke over Paul, that became Paul's calling, are the calling, is the calling that is on each of our lives as well too. It is a call that is in direct contrast to the concept of go along to get along. It is an appeal to us as believers in Christ to go against the present age of silence, acquiescence. It is a call to stand and to walk and to live by faith in Jesus. Verses 14 and 15 of chapter 22. This is Ananias speaking over Paul. And he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear the voice from his mouth, for you will be a witness from him, for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. You will be a witness to everyone of what you have seen and heard. There are four items in this pronouncement of Ananias that, are, that make up the walk of faith, that make up the life of a Christian. These four are this, to know the will of God, to see Jesus, to hear from Jesus, and to witness to everyone. Let me unpack those for you. To know the will of God. It should be our first aim to know and to obey God's will. This is one of the primary aims of being a follower of Jesus. This only comes through the power of Jesus, but but we learn what the aim, what the will of God is by the studying of this book. We learn what the will of God is as we study this book, also asking the Holy Spirit to enlighten our minds in prayer. I mention those things a lot. If you've heard me preach, you know that I mention a lot our need to study the Bible, our need to pray more. But it is because we live in a world, and I live in this world, and I know my human tendencies. I know how easy it is for us to neglect knowing God's will, often unintentionally. I know what a dearth of of true time in God's Word exists in so many of our homes. I know how easy it is to get busy and distracted and and just neglect the Word of God. But every day, y'all, we must be in the Bible with the guidance of the Holy Spirit in prayer. Lord, teach me your will. And then opening God's Word and examining His Word so that we know His will. Listen to these verses. These are are powerful verses. The first one is from Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the, the, the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then the next one is from Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17. It says, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Let's put these two verses together. Not knowing the will of God results in us being fools who are conformed to the world. That's what the Bible is telling us. We are foolish when we don't know the will of God. We're conformed to the world when we don't know the will of God. We cannot know the will of God unless we spend time studying and searching for the will of God. But it's not just knowing the will of God. It's also doing God's will. There are some words of Jesus in the Bible that are so heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to think that people who have believed in Jesus all their lives, believe themselves to be followers of God, will hear these words. But this is what the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, then who will enter the kingdom of heaven, God? The one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. But how can we know the will of the Father? Well, it's one, it's not being conformed to the world. One, it's not being foolish. It's knowing God's word. And then it's doing God's word. James chapter four and verse 17. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Many of us have known people that know the will of God but refused to do it and says, said over paul you need to know and obey god's will a second aspect of the christian life not second in place of course but second in our list here is to see jesus or as ananias stated to see the righteous one this how is this different than what i just said well we can know God's will, we can know truth, in some cases we can even outwardly participate in actions related to God's will. But what Ananias is saying here is it can't just be rules, it can't just be regulations, it must be knowing Jesus Christ. If you go back to the book of John, just one book before Acts, John chapter six, Verses 35 through 40, John chapter 6, verses 35 through 40, it says this I am the bread of life. These are Jesus' words. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. In other words, these people have seen and know who Jesus is, but they don't believe in him. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, Jesus even did the will of the Father, but to do the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day." The reason why we have this book, the reason why Jesus walked this earth and lived this life, and, and there's four gospels written about him, is to point us to Jesus. We know, again, many people who know God's will, his rules to obey, but that all is all that they are to them. They're rules, but they're absent of a relationship with Jesus. They have not come to believe in Jesus as their personal Savior. And without relationship with Jesus, even if we are doing aspects of God's will, we are dead. Jesus told a group of religious folk one time, you might remember this story, he was talking to a group of religious folk and he was saying on the outside you look beautiful like whitewashed tombs but on the inside you're full of dead bones and all uncleanness. There was no true love for the Lord, no true appreciation for Jesus, no relationship with Jesus. Jesus addressed it in another way like this in John chapter 5 verse 39. You pour over the scriptures because you presume that by them you possess eternal life. But these are the very words that testify of me. So we know God's will, we do obey God's will, but it's not because of rules. It's because we're in love with Jesus. The third aim of the Christian's life is to hear God's voice from the Holy Spirit speaking to us through prayer and Bible study. Christian brothers and sisters, we must always be listening for the voice of God, above the voice of many of the voices of the world telling us where to go and what to do. I love Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21 that says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the left or the right, or the right or the left as the Bible says, You will hear that voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Oh, I want to claim that promise for myself. And I hope you claim it for yourself too. Lord, you promised that I will hear from you. But part of hearing from Jesus is recognizing his voice above all the noise. Listening for him. This last week we had a bunch of kids up on our platform for our worship service. And I asked the congregation, how many of you grew up with, with cable TV? Not just the basic channels, but the cable TV. Most people my age and above kept their hands down. I said, How many of you had a had a computer in your house with, with internet? Do you have a computer? Did you have a computer in your house with internet growing up? I didn't. I didn't. Not until I was 16 years old. I said, how many of you grew up with a phone that you could have in your hand, a computer in your hand? Almost none of them did that. I turned around to the kids behind me and I asked them the exact same questions. And for each question, almost 100% of the hands went up. There's so much noise in the world now and our young people have that noise surrounding them. We need to teach them to, to hear the word of God, to put away the noise and to listen for the word of God. We won't know God's will. We won't be able to grow in our relationship with God unless we're taking the time to listen with the rest of the noise turned off. We won't hear it if the other voices are louder than the voice of Jesus. We won't hear it if we listen to the voices telling us God's word is not the ultimate authority. We won't hear it if if it matters more to us what our family, our friends, our classmates, or our coworkers, or our culture teaches us or values we must listen for the voice of Jesus telling us what he values and pray that that is what matters most in our hearts you see John 14 tells us that the world cannot hear the Holy Spirit because the world does not know Jesus if the world is our voice or we tend to side with the world over the holy words of this book then we will ultimately not hear Jesus either. And we will wander away from him and be lost. But finally, the fourth aim of the Christian life, the fourth aim of the Christian life is this. We will witness to everyone about what we have seen and heard. That's, that's the fourth step in Ananias' counsel to Paul. You will witness to everything that you have seen and heard. This is, in fact, the summation of the previous three. I know and I obey God's will. I have a relationship with Jesus. I hear from Jesus every day telling me this is the way walk in it. And what does it result in? It results in me sharing Jesus. This book gives evidence to this truth. It is impossible, listen to me, it is impossible to have a real relationship with Jesus. It is impossible to truly be obeying Jesus. It is possible to hear every day from Jesus and not look for opportunities to share with others about Jesus. The prior three compel us into the fourth if I love Jesus, if I know Jesus' will, if I'm obedient to Jesus, if I'm listening for Jesus, the natural conclusion of that is that I'm going to want to be sharing Jesus with others. And this is why Paul, who was a devout Jew who hated Gentiles, went from being that to being the apostle to the Gentiles. Paul had a moment where he went along to get along, and it didn't work out so well. And then he was reminded of his calling. And he shared his calling with others. And his calling had nothing to do with going along to get along. Jesus is calling us to do the same. And I want to share with you one more thing. For some of us, it starts where it started for Paul. In fact, for all of us, it starts where it started for Paul. Chapter 22 and verse 16. And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. There are some listening here who have not been baptized. I invite you to decide today Give your life to Jesus. Let Him wash away your sins and be baptized. There are some of you who are watching, who have never made that decision, who never crossed over that threshold of faith and been baptized. You need to make that decision today. Jesus is calling you to follow His will, to surrender your life to Him, to grow in your relationship with Him, to, to, to hear His voice every day. But it begins with making a step of faith. And being baptized listen if you write to me at chad at spencervillechurch.org and you need to be baptized i'll help you find a pastor where you're at if, if there's no pastor there i if i can get there by plane train or automobile i will come to you and baptize you we want you to make that decision for jesus and there's some of you by the way there's some of you that that have left jesus you've walked away from him completely not, i'm not talking about a little stumble or maybe even a big stumble i'm talking about you completely left him if, if it was about the occasional misstep or if it was about even some big missteps then man i would be getting baptized on a regular basis. I'm talking about you've turned your back on Jesus and you've chosen to follow a different way, but now you're coming back to Him. I want to encourage you to make a decision to be rebaptized. Again, you can reach out to us at Spencerville Church and, and we will journey with you in that process. Choose Jesus today. Choose Jesus every day choose to never go along to get along but to live out the calling jesus placed on your life to grow in relationship with him to know and do his will to hear his voice and to share with the world that jesus is coming soon lord i pray that each one of us will live out our calling Help us not, for one moment more, listen to the voices telling us to be silent. Listen to the voices telling us to go along, to get along. Help, me not, help us not to, 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 to any longer try to fit in with the world. But Lord Jesus, may we stand with you as lights shining in darkness, testifying to the truth that Jesus loves us Jesus lived for us. Jesus died for us. On the third day, he was raised from the dead. And very soon, Jesus is coming back to take us home, to live with him for all eternity. Lord Jesus, convict hearts right now and help people to make a decision for you, to walk with you every day. In your name we pray, amen.